Welcome to today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app for both iOS and Android devices by searching for The Church at Bushland. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know by emailing us at media at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. Man, we are on November 17th, and we're going to wrap up Experiencing God today. We've been in it for basically since September 15th, so a little over a month. Uh, Been a great series, but uh, we put a bow on it today. Reality number seven, uh, if you guys will pop that diagram up for me. All right, so here we, this is where we've been all for, for two months, basically. So number one, God's at work. Enough said. I think we got that by now. He's always doing it. Uh, why is he doing it? For one thing, he wants relationship. It's all he's about. It's what he's about. He's not about religion. He's about relationship. Always remember that, okay? From that relationship, he invites us into what he's doing. That's what's stinking cool about the whole thing. Uh, he trusted us. You can look at the guy in person next to you and go, <laughs> he trusted you. <laughs> All right. but, but he trusted us to do his work. I mean, he's invited us to do his work. So that's the invitation. So out of that invitation that he invites us into, he's going to speak. He absolutely is going to speak. He's speaking all the time. The question is not whether he's speaking. The question is what? Am I listening? Am I listening? All right. From that when he speaks to you, I guarantee you, you will have a crisis of belief, all right? I mean, it's just a guarantee, okay? It's just a guarantee. It's like getting up in bad breath. It's just a guarantee, all right? <laughs> it's just going to happen. Brush them. Brush them, baby. Brush them. So, uh, it, it's a guarantee you're going to have that crisis of belief, and, and he's not going to give you more than that. He's going to give you that crisis, that step, next step's yours, Okay? From that, that crisis of belief, from that faith step, when we make that faith step, it's going to cause us, I promise you, I've not met anyone that hasn't, had to adjust. You got to adjust. You can't stay where you are and go with God. Because why? If you were going with him, okay, he wouldn't already ask you to go with him. So if he asks you to go with him, you've got to adjust and go. Otherwise, the adjustment wouldn't have to be necessary because you're already going. That's just, I don't know how to make that any simpler. So the adjustment has to happen, all right? From the adjustment today, that was number six. Today's number seven. From that adjustment, crisis of belief and adjustment. Remember I told you, those are the two big, big, big ones. That's where most people stop. If the, if the crisis of belief doesn't get them because your faith isn't there, because they say their God's that big, but they won't trust that big God. If that crisis of belief doesn't get them, when God says, well, glad that you had that faith, now you're going to ha- make this adjustment. Oh, no. I ain't doing that. Mm-mm. My life, I do what I want, when I want to do it, how I want to do it, and no one tells me what to do, and that includes you. All right? There you go. So that, that's where you, people fall right there. But if you can get past the crisis of belief, make the adjustments that you have to make, then this comes, this number seven, and that is you will obey. Out of that, out of that adjustment, you have obeyed. Because of your obedience, you will what? 
experience him. So you start off by experiencing when you say yes to God, your experience with God, God may be here. Then God is there. Then God's there. Then God's there. And if I could drop to my knees right now, then there, there are moments that you just bow. And all you can do is bow. Because your God has become so big, you can't even, you, it, you, you don't even have enough peanut to encompass how big God is, and you can't even find the word. So all you can do is fall down, prostrate before him and say, you are, you are, you are. Ask the Magi, we'll, we'll look at them in December, all right? But this is what it comes down to. You've got to experience him. And the only way, that's why experiences last. All these steps lead to what? You experiencing God, every one of them, in a way you never have if you, from, the, from, from the beginning. So obey and experience. And, and can I tell you this? That order is important. It's not experience, God. Oh, and then I'll obey. Nah, he's not going to show his hand first. He says, you obey me, and then you will experience me like you've never experienced me. That order, do not miss that order. That order is very, very important. And it doesn't change because we're hatched. It's been that way since the day, all right, since the day. You come to know God by experience as you obey him. And he accomplishes his work through you. You come to know him, what? When you obey him. Experience that you have with God has come out of obedience, that's why people's gods are in different sizes. You say, man, I, I want their faith. Their faith is equal to their obedience. You see what I mean? The reason they can have that much faith is because they obeyed God and their experience with God has led them to that size of God. Your God is simply the size in which you obey because your faith grows out of obedience. And your God size does too. Once you've determined or once we've determined to follow God by faith and we've made necessary adjustments, we must obey him. James 1.22, you know it well. Be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourself. You got to be doers of the word not hearers. Hearers of the word do not have big gods. They, they see big gods, but when you do that word, then God big. God's big. Your God's big. Not, not the general God, your God. That's why some people in a crowd will, will go to God differently than all the other people in the crowd. Because their God different, man, their size of God, their faith in God, God's come through. Their experience with God's different. So they go after God different. How big is your God? Obedience to God's commands comes from your heart. When you begin struggling to obey God, that is a clear indication that your heart has shifted away from God. That is a hard statement. I know that. But that's a true statement. That's just true. My obedience comes from my heart. That's just true. Doesn't come from anything else. When the music stops, do you still obey? 
I know a lot of people that are chased. I mean, they go to, they, they attack hell with a water gun in worship. But when the worship stops, they check out. You got to create an atmosphere. You got to create a, uh, an environment for them to have that kind of passion. Outside there, they don't attack it like that. It's spirit and truth. Do not leave one without the other, man. It's MasterCard. Don't you leave house without that, all right? You got to have them both, all right? Listen to this statement. People claim, I love God, but I'm having difficulty obeying him in certain areas of my life. That is a spiritual impossibility. If I ask you, do you love God? You might respond very quickly. Yes, yes. However, if I ask you, are you obeying God? You might not answer so quickly. And you may not answer yes. Yet, I'd be asking the same question. I'd be asking the same question. You say, well, how do you get that, preacher? Well, I get that from the Bible. So go to John chapter 14. John chapter 14. I want you to look at verse 15. And we're going to skip to 21 and then 24 and 5. Or 23 and 24. John 14, verse 15. If you love me, I didn't didn't say this, Jesus did. If you love me, you will obey what I command. So if you love God, you will obey him. In God's eyes, when you don't obey him, he interprets it as you don't love me enough to obey what I say. That's, That's... I know that's hard, but that's just the way he views that. Look at verse 21. Whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love him and show myself to him. Look at 23. Jesus replied, if anyone loves me, he will obey my teachings. My Father will love him. And we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me will not obey my teaching. I wish I could make that nicer, but I can't. That's just the way it reads. It's just the word. It's just the truth. And listen to me. You got to have the truth. The truth will set you free. He says, if you love me, you will do what I say. And we have boiled this down to, if I feel like it. Mm. No. If I agree. Mm-mm. If the time is right, if this is the right season in my life, no. No, 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 no. If you love me, you will obey my teachings, is what it says. There is no other choice. Genuine love for God leads to whole hearted obedience wholehearted obedience if you have children you're never more proud of them you're never more happy with them or satisfied with them when they exercise complete obedience to what you've asked what breaks your heart as a parent is when they absolutely disobey you because you love them so much man it hurts same thing with the father see what we have to do as parents is we interpret 
My son or daughter disobeyed me because they don't love me enough to obey me. What if we flipped that to us and Jesus? I'm not going to do what you want me to do, Lord. I'm sorry, but I interpret that as you don't love me enough to do what I say. When I tell you I know the plans I have for you, trust me. All the days have been written in your book. Those are his words. It would move us (laughs) to obey him. If If you told your spouse that you loved her certain times, but that you struggled to love her at others, your relationship would be in jeopardy. Yet we assume God's satisfied with occasional love and partial obedience. He isn't satisfied with that. He isn't satisfied with that. Has your worship become empty and routine? Have you lost your motivation to read God's word? Has your prayer life been reduced to a ritual? If you answer yes to any of those or all, these are symptoms of a heart that's shifted away from God. You got bored with God. You shifted away from God. You can't be close to God without being affected by his love. Love is the greatest motivation for a relationship with God and for serving him. Love is the greatest thing. I mean, what motivates us to worship the way we do is because we understand how crazy in love he is with us and how much we love him. And then you just go after it. Just go after it. I've said this statement many times, but, it, man, it's just so true. When God has a man's heart, God's got that man. When God's got that man's heart, he's got that man. I have watched this over and over and over again play out. When, I'm, when God doesn't have that man's heart, that man's fickle. He's wishy-washy. He's up and down. He's six flags in his relationship. It's up and down. It's like a roller coaster. But the minute, the second, that man or woman, heart, goes to the Father. And, I mean, I'm telling you, God's got their heart regardless. He pours concrete around it. There's no more debating. There's no more questioning. There's no more asking. There's no more, there's no more hesitation. This person is, I'm telling you, all in. When they give all their heart to the Father, He's got all of them. And no matter what the father says, they have one thing in their life. Whatever he asks, I do. If he says that I'm doing it, period. And I want to be honest with you. The, I, 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 the real test of whether or not your heart is totally 110% his, that I think the biggest thing is when it comes to giving or tithing to the father. I have seen men and women follow him here, 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 here. And then when it comes down to tithing or giving, they won't do it. Or they just do it halfway. When God gets that man or woman's heart, that man or woman's heart checkbook, it's all theirs. They understand that he's everything. I don't have a darn thing without him. And he's, he's everything I've got. And everything comes from the Father. Every good and perfect gift. And I'm all in, all in, all in, all in. This is not a money talk. But I'm just telling you, the number one area that people struggle with of being all in with God is when it comes to tithing and giving. 
It, it just is. When, that, when a person has come to that point in that crisis of belief, when they push through that crisis of belief, make that adjustment that, you know, but honey, by our math, that doesn't add up. But God commands us to do this, and we're going to, regardless of the math, we're going to be obedient. And so we're going to step out on faith and do that. What they don't understand is it's really not even faith because God says, I'm already going to do it. I'm already going to do it. And when they step, I've heard testimony after testimony after testimony of how God's done that, changed their life. Acts 13.22. Acts 13.22 says this. I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. Listen to this. He will do everything I want him to do. <laughs> Woo! You want to put a t-shirt of scripture on? Where Acts 13, 22 around? I have found Jeff after my own heart because Jeff will do everything I tell him to do. Woo! Somebody walks up to you at Walmart and says, dude, that, that shirt true about you? <laughs> you better make sure that it's true. All right. I mean, that's a serious shirt right there, man. He will do everything I tell him to do. You want a live scripture? That's a good one. Put that on your bat. Put that on your glove. Write that on a football. Put that on your volleyball. I have found blank, the son of blank, to be a man or a woman after my own heart. For he or she will do everything I want him to do. Mm. God knows when he's got all your heart. And he never questions your loyalty or your obedience ever again. Regardless of the situation, he knows where you are. Psalm 38, 4 says this. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed mm, is the man who trusts in him. Taste and see, boy. Every time I see taste and see that the Lord is good, I think, taste and see that ribeye. I'm going to tell my boy, my brothers, they got good ribeyes right here. I mean, you don't hide that. You eat a good, you eat a good meal, you said, man, that, that's what you order right there. I've had people all the time. You come, Pastor, when you go to this restaurant, that's what you order. I'm like, I'm not getting off that beaten path because I hate being burned for $50 meals. I mean, that just makes me mad, man. Sorry if you're in the restaurant business. But I'm just saying, it, it, I, I, I'm loyal to my menu because I'm loyal to my money because it came from the Father. And I don't want to burn on bad food. So call me ordered by boring, but I'll be ordered by boring, okay? But I, I just try everything. I'm like, I ain't trying nothing. I find what I like, and I'm locking in. Amen. I'm sorry. My preacher, boring. No, I, I, consistent. It's a better word. I'm consistent. All right? So here's the question. How do you know, how do you know you can believe God? How do you know that? How do you know God can be trusted? We say these words all the time. Let me ask you this. How do you know God is faithful? How do you know? I've got an answer for you. By experience. That's how you know. When you hear God and when you obey God. That's how you know. How do I know I can believe God? My preacher told me. I don't like my preacher, so I don't believe it. I mean, amen. <laughs> I mean, I'm not trying to bring politics into the church, but I'm serious. We, we take man at his word based on what his last word did for us 
right in front of us. I, I don't mind if you don't like me. I want you to, but I want you to love him and obey him. So I, I want you to believe God because you can believe God because you've experienced that. I want you to trust God because you know God can be trusted. And I want you to have faith in God because God is faithful. And you know it. It's not up for discussion anymore. It's not up for debate. It's not how I feel. It's not a season of my life. It's not just a question anymore. The bottom line is, I don't see it, but it's not about me seeing because I don't live by sight, I live by faith. I hear him and I step. I don't have to see the step. Because if I see the step, it's not faith. And you know what? If I see the step, I don't need God. I just need me. Mm. I need more than me. That experience, when you hear God and you obey God, do you know what it produces in you? It produces an extremely dangerous word. I'm telling you, it does. It's called confidence. <laughs> do not tangle with a confident brother. Do not tangle with someone who's confident in who, they got, who their God is. You look at the Bible. You look at those hombres. Let me tell you one thing that marks them from confident. Red Sea. Here they come. They're going to kill them. They're not going to talk to them, negotiate terms. There's not a treaty coming. They're going to kill them. Moses stood there. He did what God said. God did what he said he would do. Just works that way. Parts the sea. Not muddy ground. God sucked that up too. Chariots don't go across mud. It's hard to walk in mud. Don't go fast in mud. So he dries it up. Fish on this side, fish on this side. You know what they're saying, right? What's up? What? What? That's what they're saying. And then he walks through. He walks through. I'm telling you, there was worship going on by the fish. People would leave them out. They're like, I know they were. What? 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 They've never, ever seen that and never will again. Somebody just walking through my ocean, all right, on dry land. Then they turn, and it goes back. And they're in it, the enemy. He still does that today. What that does is called confidence. When Moses encountered God in the burning bush, I want you to think about it. When Moses, this is where it started. When Moses encountered God in the burning bush, he still had much to learn about God. Never thought about that? See, we think sometimes we're on this side of that story. We know all these other things. We know about the Red Sea. We know about all that stuff that Moses did with his people. We know about all of it. We know how it turned out. Moses didn't get all that. He didn't get all that at first. He got a bush. In the back of his mind, he's thinking, crazy God, crazy God. But he's crazy enough to follow that God. 
Moses had much to learn through experience and still had many questions. Why do I say that? Because you and I do too. You and I do too. But here's what I love. I just love this. God's answer to Moses in verse 14 was the same answer to you and me today. I am. Amen. Do, you, do, you, did you, do you understand that story? Burning bush. What he asked Moses to do. Moses said, <laughs> uh, Pharaoh? Mm-hmm. He mean. Mm-hmm. He got my people. You're going to go get them. What am I supposed to say? What if you don't like what I say? You just tell him I am. Yeah. Sent you. <laughs> Dude, that's crazy. That's really crazy at that moment. This is check your Bible. X is early. Okay, there's not a lot of. Uh, uh, can you go get the history on this? There's not a history. Well, how's he done it in the past? Mm, not there. Well, do you think he's going to do it? I don't know. Never asked this before. I never seen a burning bush. But you sure? Go back. Is one in Genesis? No, not one in Genesis. You, there's no track record here. How many of us want track record? Well, tell me a couple that's went through this. No, there's not one. You're going to be first. Well, I don't know what to do. That's okay. I am. I am. Man, it's all he got. That is Moses. That's what God said to him. Moses, I'll be whatever you need me to be as you carry out my assignment. Mm. Melissa's told the story several times. Sitting in the room, doctor comes in on a white board with a black marker. He draws a picture. He draws that tumor several times. He says, I can't do nothing with that. And when we asked, he said, hope to give you two years. And she says, well, Jeff looked at me when he walked out and said, God's got this. Listen, don't think there's anything great about me. I was scared. Don't kid yourself. I didn't have all the answers. I had a lot more questions. But here's what I heard. I am. That's what I heard. I didn't know what that meant. I still remember that room. I remember everything about that room. I can see it today. I'll probably get to see it the rest of my life. The visual of that, her, I know what Melissa was wearing that day. I know everything. I, it's, it's time stopped right there. And the reason I could say God's got this is because I heard in my spirit I am. I want, I, want you to read, I want to read this to you differently. I will be whatever you need me to be, okay, as you carry out my assignment. God, my assignment isn't cancer. It is this moment. Well, that's a sorry assignment. I realize that, but that's your assignment. Melissa later said, 
<laughs> he trusted me with this. Yeah. Woo! Can I just tell you, you've got to get to that point. Because our assignment isn't always the banner assignment. It's not the one they have a parade for and pop popcorn and cotton candy. Sometimes our assignments that are given from God, that come from God, are not good. But he's enough through every one of them. He's enough through every one of them. All Moses got was, I am. I am. Real quickly, and I'm going to end with this. 2008. We walked onto this church campus. And I preached that little building that used to be over there to 18 people, 21 if you count Melissa, Brett, and Natalie. And we said, yes. I ain't getting nothing else. I didn't know y'all. I was looking up here this morning. I didn't know a person on that worship team, and they didn't even know this church existed. I had never met Pax. Didn't even know he existed. That's all I got. That's all I got. I didn't know y'all. I didn't know that next church walking in here either. Same church, next service. Sorry, not two churches. I didn't know any of that. All I got was, Jeff, I will be enough for the assignment that I called you to. That's all I got. And I want to tell you something over almost 12 years. He has been, I am, many times. Was I scared? Mm-hmm. Did I have all the answers? No. Did I have more questions? Yes, just like you. But here's what we do have. You got it and I got it. He said, I am. He said, I am. So if you're looking at something right now, your adjustment or your crisis of belief is leading you into something that scares you, that you don't think you can do, you just understand something. The I am is your I am. He's got you, and he's enough. Amen. He's enough. He's enough. He's enough. I'm going to ask you to stand, church. Hmm. I say this a lot. Sometimes I say it real fast. Uh, so darn true. On the other side of obedience is always blessing. Amen. Y'all have heard me say it a thousand times probably. On the other side of obedience is always blessing. Just think about Moses from that burning bush moment. Think about him. think he'd been blessed mm. oh yeah he led his people to the promised land and guess who buried him God did and to this day nobody knows All right. he's a great leader but it started with one yes one step of obedience he didn't have all the answers he had more questions than answers but on the other side of that obedience it's been blessing after blessing after blessing after blessing. Don't know your assignment. 
but I know he's the great I am. He's enough. Will you trust him? Will you be obedient to what he's asking you to do, the assignment he's given you, whether you like it or not? Because if you will, and you, and you will obey, he will bless your socks off. He will. Just be obedient and do what God told us to do, regardless of how we feel, all right? Because you'll be blessed. Let me pray. Father, we love you. In this time, we're going to worship you. Man, we're going to worship you because you're worthy. God, for some of us, we need to hear you say, I am. I am. I'm enough for the assignment I've given you. I'm enough. Well, I got a lot of questions, God. It's okay. I got a lot of answers. But they start when you take that first step. So may we step. May we step. Because I am is enough. God, now as we worship, you move us. Let us say yes to what you're asking us to do in Christ's name. Amen, amen. Let's worship, church. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the Church at Bushland. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on Facebook and Instagram, by using the Church at Bushland, and on Twitter by using at TCA Bushland. 